Hello, and welcome to Deviance, the BDSM awareness podcast. I'm Dax, and in this episode, we're going to take a look at one of the most important aspects of BDSM, safety. So please, return your trade tables to their upright and locked positions, locate your nearest emergency exit, ensure the person next to you is securely strapped in, and adopt the position. Safety is another big subject, so before I get into specific online and offline safety, I'd suggest that your initial priority should be to get some background info in BDSM and kinky stuff in general. That way you will have a basic idea of what is and isn't safe or normal, and should stand a chance of realising when someone is talking rubbish. Ignore Fifty Shades of Grey. Whilst those films and books bear a passing resemblance to BDSM, they're full of unsafe practices. Instead, start with sites like Kink Academy, LovingBDSM.net and Kinkly. There's also some good articles on the Lovin's blog, and of course I publish articles on my Deviance by Dax store. It's also worth a look at FetLife and Reddit, however those sites are much harder to use when it comes to information you can trust. Any pinned threads are usually okay, but do take copious quantities of salt with you. I particularly recommend Kink Academy, they have plenty of free videos but you do need a subscription to access everything. I'll put some links in the description, so do check those out. All right, let's take a look at online safety first. The internet is a great way to learn more about BDSM and indeed sex in general, especially if you're a little on the shy side and don't feel up to going out to a munch, exhibition, festival or some other kinky event. There are loads of resources and pretty much every social network has groups of kinksters chatting about everything you can think of. However, this also means that for every decent upstanding member you'll come across, and I'm sure Freud would have something to say about coming across an upstanding member, Anyway, for every decent person online, there are roughly a bazillion creeps, jerks and abusers. Honestly, it's a bazillion, I checked it with science. So how do you stay safe? First things first, get used to the term NSFW. This means not safe for work, and whenever you see that term, it means stuff which would probably get you fired if your employer found you looking at it while you were working. I strongly suggest creating new accounts on social media or any websites which are just for NSFW activities. The Twitter app on your mobile phone can switch between different accounts quite easily. Don't use your real name, photos or any other information which could identify you. There are some very odd people out there and it's not unknown for people to find they're being stalked. This goes equally for all genders. Sadly, there is still something of a taboo around sex, so you might also want to minimise the risk of family, friends or employers accidentally discovering just how much of that 17-inch long grape-scented double-ended dildo you can take. $33.99 from my store, deviantspydax.com, 15% off your first order with code DAXPOD01, link in the description while stocks last. What? Daddy's got to pay the bills? Anyway, protect your identity and stand your ground. Don't let someone pressure you into revealing your face or your real name or location. No one needs to know. Next, if you follow me on Twitter, at the Dax, you'll know I'm a fan of calling out bad practices, fake accounts, and dangerous behavior when I see it. We call dodgy stuff like this red flags, and I'm gonna tell you how to spot them, as well as how to keep yourself safe. Sadly, most of this is going to be aimed at women, Men get abused too, but to a much lesser extent. 
Having said that, I do have some things to say about Findoms later on, so stick around for that. Now, the most common type of fake you'll come across is the EDOM, also known as Twitter DOMs, Insta DOMs, Tumblr DOMs. Basically, guys who claim to be dominants, who prey on women online in the hope of getting nudes and sexting, and then often transitioning into mind games, gaslighting, blackmail, more. They're guys who've seen some porn and think that BDSM is a legal way to abuse women, and that's all they're interested in. So, how can you spot predators like these? Common indicators are that they use pictures of businessmen in suits to indicate what they think a dominant is, they may use terms like alpha or buck in their bio, and their posts will be full of responses to multiple women saying something like, DM me babe! Another good sign that you're dealing with one of these people is that they'll slide straight into your DMs or inbox, calling you all sorts of names and demanding that you obey them. This is particularly common if you are using a new account or don't have many friends, followers, or whatever connections the platform uses. Predators like to pick up on people they think are inexperienced and isolated, so they can attempt to influence them. If someone does approach you, check into their history, read their bio on the site, and look at what things they've posted or groups they belong to. If they post things like, I want a horny slut to be my cum dump and obey me without question, and share her with all my friends, well, that suggests they're probably not going to be a good starting point. It also suggests there may be some issues that are best left to someone else to deal with. Ideally, you're looking for someone who matches your outlook. If you want a mummy or daddy dom, then look for someone who appears to be caring, kind and nurturing. Perhaps they answer other people's questions, talk about activities they like to do with littles, and who their favourite puppy and paw patrol is. If you're interested in being tied up with rope, look for someone who also has an interest and perhaps talks about their favourite ties or classes they're thinking about going to. Basically, look for someone who sounds like the sort of person you'd get on with. If you do start to talk to someone, other red flags will be them trying to stop you talking to other people. They want to make sure you only have contact with them so they can control what you hear and limit your access to support and advice that could threaten them. This may be in the form of demanding that you list them as your DOM, or perhaps they want to have access to your DMs or inbox, and dictate that people must ask them first before they're allowed to talk to you. Spoiler, they won't be allowed to talk to you. Never give someone your passwords, by the way. Someone asking for your password is one of the biggest red flags there is. They may claim they're your DOM now, and then try to punish you by not talking to you for days at a time, or giving you punishments that you don't deserve or haven't agreed to. These are classic gaslighting techniques, and EDOMs love gaslighting women. Remember, you get to choose who you talk to, you get to choose who you play with. No one should try to force themselves on you, online or off. Just because someone says they're a DOM doesn't mean that they are. I've had women ask me whether it's safe to do things that a guy online has told them to do. Please don't go cutting off circulation to your extremities or putting food into any hole that doesn't have teeth, okay? Also, watch out for people who simply post porn all the time, or explicit pictures with comments like, yeah baby, Ooh, you like it like that, or I want to do this to some needy little sub, oh yes, be a good girl for daddy. It's one thing if an established dominant is posting their own content they've made, but when it's someone simply stealing porn clips, that's another matter entirely. There are some simple steps you can take to help protect yourself. Don't give out personal information, don't send photos with your face or identifying tattoos, and don't blindly follow instructions some stranger on the internet gives you. 
I mean, okay, I'm a stranger on the internet giving you instructions, but that's another point. Having said all that, there are plenty of decent people online, and I'll help you find them in a future polisode. Another thing to look out for is something called Game Theory or Red Pill, which is a reference to the Blue Pill Red Pill scene in The Matrix. There is, sadly, a massive online community devoted to Game and Red Pill, which is basically guys teaching other guys how to manipulate women. It's an extension of pickup theory, which treats women as objects to claim, essentially. It's full of things like how to make sure she always thinks about you, don't let her make her own decisions, how to make her reliant on you, and so on. I strongly suggest reading up on it. You'd be surprised how often I've ever heard guys using these techniques in a bar. Obviously, guys who use these tricks think there's nothing wrong with it, but I have to wonder why a normal, decent person needs to resort to tricks in the first place rather than just be themselves. Now, that was all about guys trying to manipulate women. There are also women who try to take advantage of men, and this usually comes across in the form of fake findoms or financial dominatrixes. Now, findom is a well-known form of domination. It's usually between a wealthy person with a surplus of cash they don't need, and they enjoy the experience of having control of that money taken away from them. They allow a dom to tell them how to spend it, could be donating to charity, buying a whole pub drinks, allowing the sub a treat, or of course buying the dominant gifts and holidays. It is completely consensual, and a responsible findom will always ensure that the sub has enough money for their family and other commitments. The submissive gets the experience of the dom having that control over them, the control that they've willingly given the dom, and as with any other DS dynamic, it's entirely consensual and within each other's boundaries. As with anything in BDSM, there may be sexual elements or there may not. The main point is that power exchange between a dominant and submissive. That's what findom is like when it's done properly. With the internet, however, we now have lots of young women claiming to be findoms and simply calling men all sorts of degrading names and demanding money without any thought to the men they're targeting or indeed doing anything to earn it. A genuine dominant will never start calling someone names without their permission and they'll never demand submission of any form, physical, mental, financial or otherwise, without first earning it. If you're a guy who's interested in financial domination, seek out an experienced findom who can explain how she operates and can demonstrate that she is the dominant for you. If you don't have much cash but really want to give it to someone, then subscribe to someone's Snapchat or OnlyFans or buy yourself a porn subscription. At least you'll know what to expect. By the way, I know this is all sounding rather negative towards online activity. The good news is that there is still a lot of fun and satisfaction to be had online. We'll look at that in more detail another time, don't you worry. So, that's the basics of online safety. Now, let's look at how to stay safe in the real world. Thankfully, most of what I'm going to go over here applies just as much to normal dating as it does to BDSM. So if you know how to stay safe already, you'll be fine. The difference here is that if you're meeting someone with kinky stuff in mind, there can be an expectation of sexual activity right from the beginning. Unlike normal dating, where both people want to get to know each other and might be willing to take things slowly, if you're meeting a prospective dom, sub or other play partner, it's with BDSM as a focus, not necessarily a relationship. This means you need to take a little extra care not to get swept up in the moment. The easiest and safest way to meet someone, especially if you're new, is through your local munch. A munch is basically an organised meeting of like-minded people who get together to hang out or have play sessions, workshops and all sorts of related activities. Basically a church of kink if you like. 
just like a church. There'll be kneeling, special neckwear, people putting things in other people's mouths, folks shouting out, oh Jesus, but absolutely no underage boys. You'll often have a mix of regular members and newbies, so there's a wide range of experience levels, and one of the many great things about this is that dangerous people will usually be quickly spotted and removed. Anyway, meeting someone in person at a munch is a great way to get to know them. If they're a regular, then you'll be able to ask other members if they're okay, and if you're both new, well, you'll be able to size each other up and potentially play in a safe environment. Of course, that's a best case scenario, you might not have that option, in which case it's time to go old school. So let's talk about meeting someone safely for the first time. Again, these tips will apply to regular dating just as much as they do to kink, but they bear repeating. First, and most important, always meet somewhere public. If your potential date doesn't agree, then find someone else. I've heard of dates come up with all sorts of excuses. I'm nervous around other people, I'm embarrassed, I don't want to talk about this stuff in public, that sort of thing. It's all just a tactic to get you alone, and that is never a good sign. They might be a bit more subtle, so watch out for things like, okay, give me your address and I'll pick you up, or let's meet in this location where there won't be other people, or meeting in a car park, or maybe they'll suggest meeting in a hotel bar, which is when you find out they've got a room at the hotel and they want to go straight there. All of these are massive red flags. They clearly show that the other person has no regard for your safety and just doesn't want to be seen in public with you. And you have to ask yourself why they don't want any witnesses. Meeting in public is the safest thing to do. If you always think of the worst case scenario, then you can't go wrong. Meeting in a bar, coffee shop, restaurant, etc. means there will be security cameras, witnesses, and people who can help if things go wrong. Set up a safe call in advance. This is where you tell a friend that you're meeting someone, they don't need to know why, and that you'll be in this location and you'll text them or call them at a certain time. If you don't call, they know something is up. Any reasonable person will be totally okay with you checking in with your friend during your date. Another option is to actually bring someone along. Have them sit discreetly nearby so you can call on them if you need to. If that's not possible, there are a couple of other options. Some bars and pubs, at least in the UK, operate the Ask for Angela scheme. The idea is that if you feel like you need help, you can go to the bar and ask for Angela, which is a code that means help. The staff will discreetly talk to you and take whatever steps you need, calling a taxi, a friend, or perhaps asking the other person to leave. So, if possible, arrange to meet somewhere that has this sort of policy. Sometimes there'll be signs in the restrooms telling you what to do. Again, if your potential date tries to change your mind about where to meet, find someone else. Also, watch out for the last minute change of plans. They're hoping that you're at the point where you're invested in the meeting, and if they change the plan at the last moment, you won't resist because otherwise it's a waste of time. Stick to the plan. Remember that BDSM often relies on careful planning and consent. If they are that quick to change things up right from the beginning, does that bode well for the future? Okay, so let's assume you've got your public meeting. If possible, get table service or get the drinks yourself so you can be sure that nothing's put in them. When I meet a potential submissive, I like to pay for the drinks but have the submissive go to the bar. That way she knows her drink is safe and it also introduces the serving dynamic. Use the evening to see how you get on and don't be afraid of asking personal questions. In particular, ask about their experience, if any, how they handle safe words, and in particular, it's always a good idea to ask about any mistakes they've made during a scene. We've all made mistakes at one point or another, 
and it's how we handle them that's a good indicator of trustworthiness. Also, ask about their approach to aftercare. Helping your partner recover after a scene is important, and their attitude towards aftercare can speak volumes. It's also quite acceptable to ask if you can contact any of their previous play partners for a reference. I'd also suggest checking some ID, such as a driving license. I'm always happy to show mine. After that, if you felt comfortable, it's up to you. I'd always recommend meeting in public a couple of times before meeting privately, but sometimes that's not necessary. Just trust your instincts. If something seems off, figure that out first. When you do start to meet in private, follow the same safe call procedure as before. Keep your phone handy, and ideally, don't agree to your arms being tied up until you're sure you're okay. Also, stand your ground. If you insist on condoms, or indeed no penetration, then don't let them try to talk you out of it. If they do, end the meeting and have them leave if you feel unsafe. BDSM needs trust, and ignoring your limits is a bad sign. The same goes for ignoring a safe word. I'd suggest you do safe word during your first session just to see how they handle it. Speaking of safe words, let's go over how to use them. First, I definitely recommend avoiding someone who says they don't allow safe words. Sure, if you're in a well-established 24-7 total power exchange slave type of arrangement, then you might agree to waive safe words because trust is already well-established. But when playing with someone new, you should always insist on being allowed to use a safe word. Oh, also watch out for someone who says they allow safe words except during punishments. That's also a bit worrying. Anyway, a popular way to use safe words is to have the traffic light system. Use green to indicate everything is fine, amber or orange to indicate you need to pause for some reason, and red means stop immediately. Either party can use a safe word, so if the sub needs to adjust their bindings or the dom's hand is getting tired, saying amber would be a good way to have a pause and adjust as necessary. I like to check in during a scene. I'll ask my partner how they're doing, and they'll reply as appropriate. If the answer is green, you can just carry on and not disrupt the flow. It's up to you. You may prefer to just get on with it. Also, have a visual cue you can use in case you can't talk for whatever reason. Holding up your hand, tapping your partner's arm three times, something like that. Lastly, try to keep your first session short, maybe two hours including chatting before and aftercare. It's easy to get swept up with a new partner, so you might find yourself ignoring things you might otherwise pick up on. Decompress with a relaxing bath or some wine afterwards and decide if you want to see them again. Hopefully, that's given you some insight into staying safe, both online and off. I've deliberately focused on things that can go wrong. Hopefully, that won't be your experience, but it always pays to be prepared. Plan for the worst, and you won't be caught out. Oh, and I should stress that everything I've covered here is a mix of common sense or my own advice. You are, of course, free to do whatever you want. There's no right or wrong way to kink, but do try to be responsible. Safety is a big subject, and if you've got any tips or tricks, send them in and I'll share them in a future podisode. Next up is Sir's Suggestions. Every podisode, I'm going to recommend something for you. Books, films, websites. For this podisode, I'm going to recommend a book, his favourite Who Cow by Sinistre Orange. It's available on Kindle, Kindle Unlimited, as well as in paperback, and is a sci-fi story set in a future where criminals are given a choice to serve out their sentence in service to particular fetishes. This story follows Margaret, as she pays her debt to society by becoming a who-cow, which is a kink, I've vaguely heard of it, but didn't really know much detail. 
Anyway, she enters a herd under the oversight of Leo, who takes quite a shine to his new acquisition. Expect lots of talk about sex, large breasts, milk, consensual slavery, sex, and bondage, followed by more sex. I particularly like the way the author managed to avoid any cheesy cliches. It was an enjoyable read, uh, I actually cared about the characters, and the sex scenes didn't make me cringe. There is a follow-up book, and scope for at least two more. Now, my chosen sex toy or kinky accessory, which you can buy on my online store. In this episode, I'm going to recommend the Rocksoft Lust Links Ball and Chain. This is a remote-controlled Kegel ball made of body-safe silicone with a discreet remote that looks like a lipstick. It's not too large, but you'll know it's there even before you turn it on. And trust me, you're going to know when this is turned on. It has three vibration and seven pulse settings and is 100% waterproof. ORP is £54.99, but your Uncle Daxi is selling it for the low, low price of £36.99 on my store, DeviantSpyDax.com. And you can use code DAXPOD01 for 15% off your entire first order. Yes, 15%! One five of your finest British percentages. That's valid until the end of November 2019, but can't be combined with any other discounts. Moving on, it's time for news of the screws. Funny or interesting stories that I've seen in the news recently. Today I saw an article about a new product called the Testacuzzi, which, as you might be able to guess, is a mini jacuzzi for your gentleman's bits. Apparently, the idea came from college students filling a plastic cup with water, dropping the lads in, and having someone blow into the water with a straw. It looks kind of like a small jacuzzi. You dunk your plums in the basin, rest your dick on the small cushion, and a jet of water blows bubbles on your balls. Well, I guess that means I can give the wife her foot spa back. Anyway, this does sound like an ideal gag gift for Christmas. So if your boss is always talking bollocks, get them one of these, so at least it'll be clean bollocks. And our last segment is Dax's Deeds. Every polisode, I'll set you a little task, usually related to this week's polisode. If you're looking to meet someone, I'd like you to research safe venues you could meet at nearby, so you have a plan ready to go. Look into the Ask for Angela scheme and see if your city or bars do anything similar. That way, if you do find someone you want to play with, you can suggest the meeting venue right away and do it on your terms. And with that, it's time to end. I'm Sir Dax, and you can follow me on the Twitters at TheSirDax. Email questions, comments, or suggestions to podcast at sirdax.co.uk, and you can visit my online store at deviancebydax.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and serve. That's all they're interested in. Seriously, Muffin. <sighs> Saying something like, DM me, babe. Oi, Muffin. Fuck's sake.